am a good person, and sometimes good people don't get no respect. Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, I don't get no respect. No respect at all. Ah, uh, you know what don't get no respect? Airplane food. Why don't they just make the plane out of the airline food? My wife don't get no respect. Some take her, please, for example. If you don't get no respect, you might be a redneck. Respect is nice. What's the deal with grape nuts? No grapes, no nuts. Respect, R-E-S-P-C-T. Find out what it means to me. I don't get no respect. Only thing else I got to say is, how about them cowboys? Yeah! How about them cowboys indeed. So it looks like Christopher Nolan's Tenet has been delayed indefinitely, y'all. Hmm. But no, it's not delayed indefinitely. Football. Training camp dates are here, guys. Dak's not happy. Zeke can't get no respect. We've got all that and more on the docket for this episode of About Them Cowboys on the Athletic. I'm Kent Garrison, the Quibby of the podcast, here to guide you because there's no demand for me and I might not be around much longer. But I'm excited to welcome in two streaming giants to talk Dallas Cowboys football. But hey, remember when Sham Sharania broke the news about the NBA season being postponed? Remember all of our other great coverage here on The Athletic? Well, you can get your subscription now for 40% off at theathletic.com slash about them cowboys. Yep, that gets you access to the entire side of The Athletic and every single possible future episode of this podcast. Because who knows? We might drop a bonus subscriber episode on you every now and then. So you better sign up now. Get 40% off at theathletic.com slash about them cowboys. But now it's time to talk. Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back to the show. He's the Netflix of the podcast because everyone knows him, and once they've had him in their lives, they're changed forever. He's Father John Machete Mishota. Howdy, John. I don't know how you do it, but you always come up with something new every single time. We've done quite a few of these podcasts, and uh, I don't think you've doubled up one time on any introduction. Well, except for not. Sod. Except for Sod, though. You well, have. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a, you have that's went to that well. Thing. A few times, but well, he, uh, he just keeps trying out for professional sports, so it's easy to just update the the listener on what he's trying out for. Wonder how that's that fair. Mavs that's man fair. Mavs man audition went. You know, I can't wait to find out. <laughs> um, he's back in the hosting chair. Let's welcome him in. It's Kevin KT Fun Streamer Turner. He's a Disney Plus of the podcast because he brings back those nostalgic, warm feelings. Hey, KT. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Just trying to abide by the uh, bare necessities of life. Um, that Did was a you... Disney reference. I don't know. Yeah, exactly, man. So Aren't I had... we all? Aren't we all? So, uh, so Zeke's mad. Uh, we'll start there. You see these uh, five tweets that came out uh, about four days ago? Eight, mm. 8.17 in the morning, so at least we know Zeke's not sleeping in till noon. Well, we know that he's getting up and probably sneaking in a workout. There are a lot of great backs in this league, but I don't understand why the media has to talk down on my game just to uplift other backs. We're all talented football players and can ball. Check the stats. Since I entered the league, I've dominated year in, year out. Put some respect on my name. Respect in all caps. Then he says, women lie. Men lie. The stats don't. Go do your homework. 
Almost 1,800 scrimmage yards and 14 touchdowns with no training camp, and now I'm not the same back? I do appreciate the standard you guys hold me to, though, but I promise you no one holds me to a higher standard than myself. That's Zeke responding to comments in an ESPN Insider article written by Jeremy Fowler. One of the comments was an executive talking about how Dalvin Cook is a better player than Zeke. Looking around at other some, other big-time rating uh, rankings, his Madden ratings, he's the third highest-rated running back. You look at, which I don't care about Madden ratings personally. Uh, on NFL.com, they did a big list with Maurice Jones-Drew ranking the running backs, and Zeke was number two behind Christian McCaffrey. I really don't think as many people are disrespecting Zeke as maybe he's saying, but, uh, you know, maybe he's uh, worked up over something and uh, wanted to get it out there. Uh, maybe he's got a, a chip on his shoulder and he's ready to roll. So that is uh, that's uh, basically what happened too. You know, an, uh, an offensive coach in that article uh, voted Elliott outside of the top ten uh, running backs in the NFL. To which I would say that's an offensive coach for another team who probably hasn't watched Zeke play a lot. You know, whatever. So I don't think Zeke should be worried about it too much. But uh, it's at least a little bit of Cowboys fodder for you. You guys have any thoughts on Zeke's uh, Twitter outrage? Um, I think the biggest thing that I took away from it is I the, the going back to your point on the chip on the shoulder is that how many of those tweets he fired off. It wasn't like it was just one quick tweet. Like it, it obviously rubbed him the wrong way. And so uh, you know the biggest thing that was missing last year from his game is he didn't have as many explosive runs. And so you know he didn't have those twenty plus yard runs that we saw. Uh, especially his rookie year. And so you didn't see as many of explosive plays. And uh, so I can see how some people might have dropped him on their rankings. But to have him not in the top 10, I think that's pretty ridiculous. And then I really, I don't know how you don't have him in the top five. I mean, even if at the worst have him at five, but um, I'm fine with people having like, if you want to put Christian McCaffrey above him and, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley or even, you know, Derrick Henry because the season he's coming off with, I mean, fine. We can argue, whatever, but um I, I just don't see how you wouldn't have him in, in, in your top five at the very worst. Um, you know, he does just about everything that you'd want from a running back. And so uh, even though this past year wasn't as explosive as he was, you know, especially that rookie year, uh, I know he set the bar really high early on. And then the fact that he came to a team that was fresh off to Marco Murray having a historic season for, for the Cowboys. So everyone looks at it as like, well, anybody could run behind this offensive line and anybody would have at least decent success here. And so I think that kind of hurts him a little bit too. But um, if you're a Cowboys fan, you got to kind of like this because he does seem very fired up. And, you know, last year, if we rewind back, you know, this is the time when uh, he wasn't showing up to training camp because he wanted a new contract and we all saw how that played out. And so to have him motivated and ready to go for the season, um, you should be happy if you're a Cowboys fan that he's that this bothered him. You know, I, I'm not real big on the. I mean, I, I know it's great because people like it and fans like it. But I'm not real big on like ranking like a bunch of great players, but I think it's clear that Zeke is a great player no matter what. Now you want to throw in the Nick Chubbs of the world, the Dalvin Cooks, the Aaron Joneses of the world, who are kind of hovering on the you know five to eight on some of those lists and things like that. Okay, you want to work them into the mix? Fine. I think Zeke's clearly a top eight running back in the league. Clearly, with no debate. Yeah, but you can have that discussion. Would you rather have him? I, I personally, I would rather have Christian McCaffrey over anyone else because of what he can do out of the backfield. But I would rather have Zeke than Derrick Henry. To this day, I still would rather have Zeke than Derrick Henry. Um, and that could be an argument. It's fine. So, 
Zeke, maybe Zeke's just antsy, ready to go, you know, ready to get after it. Missed training camp uh, last year, you know. That was something where, you know, he was just kind of – man, I – I, I sneakily broke. I just want to, you know, pump. I just want to do this. I was thinking about this earlier. I sneakily uh, broke the news of Zeke going to Cancun last year at training camp, and I'm not a oh, breaking yeah. news guy. Yep. And then yep. I got demoted like two weeks later. It was kind of crazy. Um, hey, look at all this traffic I provided for the website at the station, and then uh, I got demoted. So I, I was thinking about that earlier. Sorry. I just, yeah, <laughs> the, it's not the, right, man. It's crazy business. <laughs> this is an outlet too, um, but there's that. So I mean, I don't have a lot on the Zeke thing. It seems to be like kind of a ripple effect, though, KT. You know, because you have everything coming out with him getting COVID, and then that getting out there, and him putting out HIPAA law tweets, which was which was great uh, from a humor perspective. Not great that he got coronavirus, uh, and then and the fact that. Uh, you know, this, this whole I'm faded, not faded thing got out there and he was pissed about that, threatening to sue people. And then he goes on Twitter and sees himself, not the number one back. And he, he gets mad about that, but you know, you, you can't blame the guy, um, because the stats don't lie. I mean, this, this guy has done nothing but produce positively in the NFL since he's come to the league at, at an exceptional level, but you know, Honestly, he he probably just saw, you know, a couple couple tweets out there and and responded to it, but you know, when you wake up at 8:15 in the morning or whatever and look on Twitter and see trending topic Ezekiel Elliott's like number 2 trending topic, you know, I looked on there and I was like, "Oh my god, what happened? What happened?" <laughs> and it's just him mad because people aren't saying he's the best running back in the NFL. That's encouraging because you know, some guys, you know, maybe some of those guys on that list would be like, oh, wow, they think I'm a top five running back in this league. Dude, that's great. I'm awesome. And not say anything and feel flattered by that. But the fact that he's disrespected for being number two on some people's lists is it's great. That's what you want. You know, you want well, you want the well, guy the that's others guys, the best in the league to have a fire highest, in his butt. They didn't. The other guys didn't get the contract to be the highest paid running back in the league either. I mean, yep. it's very clear that with what he's done up until this point, like, you know, he's being compared to like the game's greats. Like, you know, I mean, they compare his stats to, I mean, Emmett Smith, you know, and, and the pace that he's on and things like that. Like the expectation for Ezekiel Elliott for the team he got drafted by and how he was utilized right from the start was like greatness. Like it was like every year, you know, pro bowl, like that expect expectations are super high. So, um, if you're a guy like him, if you're not in the top five, you're probably pretty fired up because you feel like you're the best running back in the league. And, uh, he, it's not like he said that, you know, I'm sure if you asked him right now, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he said he thinks Christian McCaffrey's better than him, you know, uh, right now. And, and that stuff changes. I mean, nobody would have even put Derrick Henry in this conversation a couple of years ago and Todd Gurley would have been right at the top. And now it's completely changed. And, you know, there'll be young backs that come along that'll they'll work their way up there too. I mean, that's just the way that position goes. So uh, uh, I don't know if you're the Zeke Cowboys. Is I, so young still, though. I mean, I don't know why he's getting disrespected when he's twenty twenty. Actually, guys, his birthday tomorrow or today, tomorrow the day we're recording this. But he's twenty four and three hundred sixty four days old right now. But people talk about I, him I think, like he's this thirty year old veteran running back that's like got a few good years left you know when they when you put him in not even in the top 10 that's 
It's the kind of it's the conversation people are putting him in. That's that that is disrespectful, straight up. What what what's going to be very interesting about this topic is the fact that Ezekiel Elliott will now be with a coach who's not really known for building behind its running game, and then Saquon Barkley is being coached by the guy in Jason Garrett who came from the Cowboys who the running game was line one for him. And so uh, it's just very fascinating from a fantasy perspective, if that's what you're going to break it down to, it gets more fantasy points, uh, just how Saquon Barkley could be used, because it seems like they're going to just use him in in basically the way that Zeke was used in just every way possible, as a receiver, as a runner, all of that. Is Mike McCarthy going to do the exact same thing with Ezekiel Elliott? Like, I don't know. I mean, I I would think they're going to lean pretty heavily on him, but... That's not really what Mike McCarthy's done throughout his time in Green Bay. You know, and I think that's where, like, you took, like, I don't think the respect towards Zeke or the disrespect towards Zeke comes from the media that often, except from a standpoint of just making the casual joke. The same thing that they do to Luka Doncic. Hey, fat Luka, you know? Like, what? No, he's in great shape. It's fine. Like, Zeke gets made fun of because he might be a little husky when he comes to camp. Or the holdout, obviously. And he's, you know... The, the the stuff that we know about. Like, I think he takes more crap there than he does on the field. I think everyone pretty much respects him. And I got to be honest, I didn't have a problem with the Cowboys contract for Zeke. And I am a big believer in that you shouldn't pay running backs very often. But once you finally – and I did have an issue with, like, the timing of it. Like, hey, you, I, I'll play a few games without Zeke and see if we win. If you look at their schedule and how they aired it out early last year, you know, they, they could have won those games without Zeke. But I think what I would say is when you look at his contract, you can get out of it in three years. You're looking at a situation where you may have Zeke for six years and then you can kind of move on if you want to and not hurt you too much. It's a pretty good way to handle a running back. And if you got to pay Zeke a little bit more in those uh, last few years of what you would call his prime or what you're hoping for for mega productivity, I'm okay with that. If you can you know, get out of it, I, he ended up signing a pretty team-friendly contract in my opinion uh, so I'm kind of okay with how the Cowboys have handled Zeke, to be honest. One other thing that's interesting to me about his, the way they're going to utilize him is that when you talk about him, you you said that like he, you know, fans have pointed out that he, he acts like, or he looks like he has a little bit more weight on him than he did his rookie year. You know, he could have taken enough of a pounding his rookie year where he went going forward that he was going to have a little bit more weight on him because, again, Jason Garrett's your head coach, and if you if you talk to Jason Garrett about Ezekiel Elliott off to the side and just talk about, you know, what, you know, he likes that he does and stuff like that. He's going to eventually say just about everything, but within the first two things he's going to say, it's going to be how he finishes runs going forward. And that's the way Jason Garrett wanted to use him. You know, yeah, he wanted him to use uh, out in space and, and make big plays, but that wasn't the line one for him. The line one was to be able to finish runs get that one yard on third and one late in games and run out the clock. And if you're going to be a physical style of running back like that, you probably need a little bit of size on you. And maybe because of that, he sacrificed a little bit of the the breakaway home run speed that maybe you would have seen uh, his rookie year and the last two years at Ohio State that really caught everybody's eye. So now with a new coach and how he's going to be utilized there, maybe – that isn't as much of an emphasis. He's still going to be the guy that gets the ball in the fourth quarter if they have a lead, but maybe they are going to try to use him a little bit more in space, and maybe that will lead to him maybe coming into camp in a little bit different shape than we've seen him in years past. I'm not saying it's going to be the case. It's just something to think about because, again, with a new coaching staff, there's going to be some new things done on offense that could hinge on that as opposed to we pretty much knew what to expect from Jason Garrett and how he was going to utilize Ezekiel Elliott through these four years that he's had him as his running back. 
Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it, man. And I think that's uh, that's where like when we start really focusing on on-field football stories, then I think we'll kind of have a better feel for what type of stamp McCarthy has on, on the offense. And, and who knows? It could be used in a completely different way. I feel like it'll be fairly similar, but but uh, you know, that's something we're just going to have to find out once we get on the field. Now, we're going to talk you, about Dak in a minute. Oh, go ahead. Did you see Zeke's Pulp Fiction t-shirt, KT? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't see that. Yeah, What's he Zeke, rolling with? Zeke Zeke was rolling with the UC Irvine banana slugs. Uh, <laughs> or UC Santa Cruz, I should say. Banana slugs. Uh, t-shirt that uh, was made famous by, of course, Vincent Vega in Pulp Fiction. Uh, after he goes to Jimmy's house and the wolf comes over and hoses him off and then they put him, put him well, and it looked like a bunch of dorks, you know? A couple of dorks. Was he... Was he wearing that on a Call of Duty stream, or where was he? Where he was wearing it on his Instagram. He he. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he he did. Yeah, I think what some, happened was he went to Warren's, yeah, wore wore it to some event, and yeah, yeah, he went to a high school, local high school, talked to a high school, local high school football team, and he was wearing it there. I didn't even really put that together when I seen it, and then I saw you tweet that, Kent. But I just thought he had it on because uh, that's just one of the best mascots ever. Yeah, I. I had remembered it, like, but it is the exact same I, shirt. I like the, the screen movie, grab well, you I did. I watched the movie like I don't know, a month ago or so or something like that. And when I saw the Instagram, I was like, "Where did I have I seen that shirt before?" Because because I remember the one Travolta wearing being some weird, uh, you know, California school. So that's where I was like, "It's probably the same," you know, the same thing. It's just funny that you would come up with that nickname of all the possible yeah. mascots you could have. <laughs> Like the pick from, then you pick banana slugs, you know? Pretty good. Well, what we've had, uh, creative mascots are kind of hard to find these days. Like the the Washington football team, they're having trouble. Like, oh, what sounds good? Like, um, I always thought like it was really funny, and I would promote the crap out of the show, but community, uh, they're called the uh, Greendale Human Beings. That's a pretty good mascot. <laughs> that is good. You see, Irvine but, is the, the Anteaters. That's why I got it confused because another. Well, that's a good one too. That's unique. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, but I, I'm I'm tired of tigers and lions and bears and eagles. Like speaking of shots at Detroit, maybe Washington banana slugs. Yeah. yeah. I like red tails. I think red tails makes a lot of sense and it fits and. I, uh, I think it's perfect. No, I think red tails should be what they go with. Well, uh, you know, we'll find out. Now, no, I do want to talk about this Demarcus Lawrence tweet as well. Uh, obviously, a lot of NFL players had a big tweet storm over the weekend going, all right, can we get serious now that we're a week away from camp? Can we maybe have some concrete, you know, uh, things here? Or are we just going to, okay, willy-nilly, okay. But now, uh, Russell Wilson started it with a tweet that said, I'm concerned my wife is, pre- uh, is pregnant, NFL training camp is about to start, and there's still no clear plan on player health and family safety. Um then uh, with a little hashtag, we want to play. Then Tank Lawrence pops in. He said, I second this. How has the NFL had this long to prep but still have no real plan in place? We are less than 10 days before we are required to report. I refuse to put my pregnant wife family at risk without understanding exactly what the plan for our safety and well-being will be. Now, one good thing about The Athletic is they're on it at pretty much all times. And Lindsey Jones uh, has an article up that went up in the last few hours. And uh, the NFL and the players have agreed to at least how they're going to handle testing going forward. Um, that will test on the first day. 
and then they will um, test. I believe that they'll have a 48-hour window, and then they'll come back and test again on day four. So they will, and then they will start testing uh, daily for COVID-19 for the first two weeks of training camp. So they're going to spend a lot of money on testing. They're going to use the same um, company that the NBA and the NHL are using in their bubble city for testing. But players are going to to get tested a lot during these first two weeks. Um, so you have a little bit of a plan, a little bit of a progress. They still uh, have the hold up on how many preseason games. It feels like it's going to end up being one preseason game. But uh, we're starting to get a little more clarity. It looks like the NFL's, uh, the players' tweet storm did create a little bit of urgency for the league. So reportedly, Byron Jones is the one that headed that all up. So that's kind of interesting oh, from cool. the Cowboys corner. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that helped to a certain extent. But the other thing is just, and this could be just me being biased because I cover the Cowboys, is that it just seems like with all this stuff, like the deadlines make deals thing. Like they, like the NFL owners like are going to wait because, oh, the deadline is like, guys are supposed to show up this week, so let's get this done now. And we look at it as, why wouldn't you just get this taken care of? You had months to do this thing. So it, it does seem like, it looks bad that it had to come to a point where like the players had to go to social media. It doesn't look good for the owners when that has to happen. Like it just isn't a good, it's not, it's not a good look for the whole league. Now I will say it'll be all, all forgotten about if everything goes well and they're able to have a season and everything goes on. But like the idea of not giving these guys testing every single day, like they should get whatever makes them feel safe. I mean, I I do like probably my favorite part about the tweets are the ones like the Demarcus Lawrence talking about, and, and you've, we've seen this with baseball and, and basketball as well, is that talking about their families. Because a lot of people forget about that, that. Hey, these guys having kids, they have families, they have, they have other family members living with them that could be at high risk if, if they if they were to get this. And so I, I think it's good they put that out there to remind people like, hey, it's not just, I'm not just some robot that plays this sport. Like I'm a human being. I have a family I have to go home to and things like that. And I'm going to go into this place with, you know, 75 whatever, 53 other guys, What depending on the time of year, like that's dangerous, you know? And so absolutely these guys should get that type of, uh, you know, access to tests and things like that. And uh, Peter King had a really good story on his Monday morning quarterback. Is he still calling it that? Actually, I don't, I don't think he's calling uh, it anymore. He's calling but it uh, Good Morning Football in America That's or right, something? that's right, through NBC. And, and uh, he went up to Minnesota and went with their – uh, one of their guys in their, uh, uh, I believe it's their equipment staff or with their training staff and took them around their facility. And basically by the time you're done reading this thing, you're like, those facilities, if they all follow that same protocol, are going to be some of the safest places to be at. Like they even have designated rooms if a guy's not feeling well. Like he goes to one of those rooms and then they, you know, go through protocol and things like that. So immediately distance that player from any other players on the team the way they're doing things in the cafeteria so people aren't just going up and getting their food like they normally would. It's, it, you know, they have apps on their phone so like you can order early in the morning, like, hey, this is what I want, and they'll have it brought to them so that everyone's not eating together at, at like cafeteria style, yeah. things like that. So they're going through all these different things. It just, we're not, we haven't heard a lot about this because it's kind of been silent. Now all of a sudden it's like, okay, time for guys to show up. You know, what are the, what are the rules? And you'd think that like, I've said this before, they should be prepared for almost every single scenario because of the time that the NFL has got as opposed to these other sports leagues. They not only have they had the time, they haven't had to knock their schedule off, whether it becomes, you know, free agency, the draft, whatever, the offseason. Yeah, they've lost OTAs and minicamp, but they've also got to follow these other leagues and what they're doing, what's working for them. Obviously, this bubble thing has worked out well up to this point for the NBA. Now that 
NFL can't do that. But you would think that they've worked out a lot of different, hey, if this happens, then we do this. And so if we start getting into a season and they're like blindsided by something, that's another, it's not going to look, it's not going to look good, especially on the heels of players needing to take to social media to get proper protocol so that they feel safe to play football again. Yeah. And I've kind of um, been more focused on baseball because that's in terms of how football handles this, because they right. baseball is not doing the bubble thing. If you look at baseball, they're, you know, big thing to me is travel. And then on road games, teams are not permitted to leave the hotel and they have to go to a, a hotel that's designated a dining area for the baseball team. But to, that to me almost turns into, okay, so whatever team uh, is the most disciplined and not going out, you know, uh, or what has been good players don't leave, but because there's a bunch of players in baseball, I think the NFL is a little bit similar. It's going to be a little different. One thing they're doing that I love, though, and baseball is going to look foolish for not having this if they don't get it quickly. What they're going to do, and I, I didn't know this until the Lindsey Jones article of The Athletic that I that came out a little bit earlier today, is they're going to wear detection devices, proximity detection devices. So basically, it's the size of an Apple Watch, and it tracks the players, who they've been in contact with, and for how long. And you can also put it in your uniform, so it can be worn on the field as well. So now, if they if a player tests positive, you can immediately contact Trace. And it could be bad. It could be the offensive line, and that's just that's just the tough place football is in. Is it's just gonna probably be like that, <laughs> but it's at least something, you know. And I I think uh I think that's gonna be super helpful for these sports that aren't in a bubble to do that. Now, one thing that's that's also, though, a thing that the NFL might have to deal with is just public opinion, which, hey, they're used to that, right? But right. what if uh, there's a six-hour line to go to the American Airlines Center and get tested? Meanwhile, football players are getting tested, and the league's giving out 3,000 to 5,000 tests per day for their 90 players and 15 to 20 Tier 1 and 2 employees. You know, like, that's that looks bad, but they're also spending... Uh, the article says $75 million on this. So, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. The, the coach, I, I am, I am expecting the NFL to do the same thing on the road games. Like you're going to be in your hotel. Um, and you can't go to like, even the restaurants, like in the hotel, like you have to have the food brought to your room. And I'm sure they're going to follow some of those same protocols because it, it just makes sense. Because if you're not doing the bubble, I mean, you're going to be out, out around other people. And so, I'm sure they're going to factor that all in. The one thing I was thinking about is just on the, uh, like the coaching side, like, you know, coaches, much like you said about the offensive linemen usually hang out together. Like during the season, like you're almost going to want your coaches to stay away from each other because like, let's say Kellen Moore tests positive and you're going to have to like adjust your coaching staff on the fly. Let's say he tests positive on like Friday or Saturday. Like, well, he's not calling plays on Sunday. You better have a backup plan. Is it going to be Mike McCarthy? Is it going to be, you know, somebody else? Like who is going to be in charge of different things? Because what happens when the coaches get it? Because that's obviously going to happen. And so do they have to all keep away from each other? I've noticed in some of these baseball games, like, you know, like the dugouts they've had, it's where they've had like players separated and they're sitting up in the stands and stuff like that. When you don't have fans in the stands, you can obviously do that stuff, keep players away. But I don't know, like it it is a good point that you bring up with uh, to be successful. It might be the team that basically stays back at your hotel and does the right thing. And I'm sure that by the coaches, managers, whatever sport, that's going to be preached to these guys. Like one of the most important things you can do as a teammate 
is really keep to yourself and stay away from other people so that we have the best chance to have our healthy team out on Sunday. Like that could be the biggest advantage because if you have teams that are like constantly, yeah, they got 10 guys out this week. This team's got 15 out. Like I don't care how talented your team is, any team in the league, whatever, whoever you think's the best team in the league, Kansas City, whatever. If they're missing 10, 15 guys, that team's not that good anymore. I mean, the parity in the league is too close for you to be losing key players like that. And you're just going to have the backup step in there. So being the healthiest team and being the smartest about it could be the difference between you being a team that goes to the playoffs and doesn't go to the playoffs. I know this is bad, but you think there's going to be any any kind of sabotaging of anything going on with this? Like, I don't. I don't. And the reason why is because of those tweets, because it's bigger than uh, games. Like players are going to look out for each other because they know that the, the safe and health. And if you get caught doing something like that, that's way worse than anything like Oh, Houston Astros knocking on garbage cans or Bill Belichick having somebody film a sideline. Mm -hmm. Like you put somebody else's health in danger like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just remember how bad it, and they've kind of smoothed it over or whatever, but like the Rudy Gobert situation in Utah, that's like, that's personal. That's like stuff that you'd never come back from. So if you get caught doing some stuff like that, like trying to, I don't know how you, whatever you do, spit on a guy or try and cough on some guy or do something like that, like. That's bigger than just like some guy being like, hey, man, do whatever you want. You're on my team. Like there's going to be other guys on the team like, dude, we're not doing that. What is wrong with you? Like, why would you do something like that? You know, that that I think I mean, yeah. I, I get where you're coming from. Cause you just I'm, never I'm not know, coming, but I think I, yeah, that, I, I just think like, you know, when it comes to the protocol, when it comes out, depending on how strict it is. You know, if you know you can put somebody in a situation and and they automatically have to be in quarantine for four days, no questions asked, and you're about to it's it's Cowboys and Eagles week, and you can do you know you're want the Eagles to be successful, you could put Dak in a situation where even if he was ex- around somebody that was exposed, you have to be you know in quarantine for four days, even if you don't have it, you yeah. have to be there for forty eight hours or whatever it is. It's like those types of things is what I'm worried about. It's like some player getting in some position with somebody that had bad intentions and screws them over because because even though they were trying to do the right thing, you know. Yeah, I, and I'm fully aware of that as a, uh, I know what you're saying and this isn't a this is sports. I mean, people talk about, you know, the Michael Jordan flu game and him being poisoned by, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that's flu or food poisoning. That's yeah. not COVID nineteen, right? Like you do something like that, oh, I like don't, yeah, I'm, that, I'm, I'm that's worried ridiculous. About it, like I'm that, worried. that's like ban- You should be banished from the game. You should never get to play again if you do something like that. That's like so far crossing the line. I mean, we're talking like you could kill somebody doing something like that. Yeah, because you just. I mean, and again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know the exact details and all this, but like. I do know that it seems like this affects different people in different ways. There's no like all across the board, like, Hey, if this happens and you get this symptom and by this day, this happens, like everybody's different. You have a a major league baseball player in the prime of his life in the best shape possible. And he has 105 degree fever. Like, yeah, there's no messing around with this. Like, I I don't think that that, I don't think that's going to fly. That would be, that'd be horrible if that happens. I know you saw something break today of the NBA bubble, no cases. I think for the first time in the bubble, zero zero people with with COVID nineteen, and given the fact that the NFL is not doing a bubble, KT John, is it you know it is inevitable that players are going to come down with with COVID nineteen during the season, right? Unless they enact some kind of bubble situation to keep everybody isolated. So you know the the question is, I guess, in the long term, 
how do they handle when a player gets COVID during a week of a game before a game? Um, you know, the test when they get to town or whatever, what's the point of even doing away games? Uh, you know, given the fact that there's no fans in this, like what, there is no home field advantage. There is no, uh, you know, like let's do generics, let's do neutral site games and keep everybody isolated as much as we can and do this thing the safest way rather than what feels the most like football normality, if that makes sense. Well, you saw with the draft, they want to go business as usual. That's how they've yep. always been. Everything you just said, I'm sure has been talked about, and that could even be the plan. They, there might be a lot of people that are like, hey, we're never going to play 16 games, but let's go for it that way, and then we'll adjust on the fly to the possibility of we're only going to have guys playing. You know, they're not going. We're not going to have the Cowboys traveling up to Seattle. We're not going to have the Cowboys going up to New York. Like, yeah. We're going to have to have these guys play. Uh, there's going to just be some games that aren't going to be played this year. And that does make it tough on the Cowboys because their division is all up in the Northeast. But there, I'm sure that there are plans. Again, that's why I'm saying if there aren't, then everyone should be very critical of the NFL. Like this should all be planned out. Like if this happens, whatever. Because yeah, there's definitely going to be players that get it and they they should have in place protocols. Like if this guy gets it on this day, even if he's at the game or whatever, he has to go here and then we take him to this place because he's got to be away from the rest of the team. But that has to be planned that it, not if this happens, it's got to be planned like this is going to happen. And then this is what we do when it happens. Yeah. So, yeah, there's no excuses. If they don't have like any plan of this, they haven't been working on this up to this point. That's just that that's that's unreal to think that people that have this much money involved in this wouldn't have these 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 different plans figured out. And and I believe they do because we've already seen with the preseason games. Like I wouldn't be surprised if there's no preseason games. It makes no sense to play a preseason game when the key is to get a full season in and get these guys healthy as possible. Why play this meaningful, meaningless game? Now that we're this close to the season though, I mean, you know, we talked about this, the schedule bet episode was what beginning of May, KT, yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. Now that, you know, we had a little bit of optimism then it's like, Oh, that's three months away, two months away. We, you know, a lot, a lot of, can go down by then, you know, numbers can go down. It can be in a safe position. Now that we know we're not there, you know, the, the question is, is like, you know, th there is no other opportunity for the NFL to, to change course at this point. You know, <laughs> there's no, there's no chance for a bubble. And I'm under the impression and of the opinion that I don't think it can work without a bubble. Unless they put all this, the league did some league-wide training camp, and for two weeks, every team gets to train, and they're all in the same place, and we can eliminate, you know, people that have it are outside of that, and then we know everybody's safe on every team, and then those teams are competing. That makes sense to me. I just don't see business as usual working, and, like, it's just, like, a train that you know is going to crash in... A, a thousand miles it's like yeah that's a thousand miles away but that's that's good we're good we're at mile five right now you know like you know something bad's gonna happen mid-season some call is gonna have to be made on some sunday because somebody tested positive and yeah it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly guys i i, I have a feeling i have a feeling we're gonna do some podcasts some uh, some emergency podcasts kt <laughs> well yeah and, and look with um with baseball, you have 25 – well, actually, they're going 30-man rosters, coaches, but they're going to their facility. They're going home. They will go to the game. They will go home. It's almost uh, – like, so you have these number of players in your head. Okay, now multiply that with however many people are staying with them at their home because uh, they're it's going baseball. to go home each night. 
Well, yeah, but these football it, you don't players, have to it, touch it, the other guy unless you're tagging a, a dude. You could, yeah, but technically, but you like still go not, home. Yeah, you still go but home you're, to your wife. And did your wife go to the store? Did she get it there? Did your wife hang out with someone? Yeah. Did your girlfriend like that? That's what I'm thinking about because whatever number that we have, okay, there's 90 players that are going to be tested plus all the coaches. All right, we'll multiply that by the number of people that they go home to. And then spread that out because that's the other like your risk of infection is way higher in football. Also, with the the, the near uh, uh, the the spatial, you know how close you are uh, to each other. But what if what if it gets so bad they don't let you go home? What if you have to stay at like for the Cowboys they have to stay at the Star at the team hotel? Do you think? Okay, first of all, every team does not have that amenity. Maybe they could make it happen, but not every team has it as close to the facility as they do. Well, let me also say, I don't think that every team will be affected the same way. And, and the, maybe this is really, I'm about to say something that might be really stupid and, that, and, I, and that's fine. Judge me however you want. But like, I really do believe that you're way safer in Green Bay than you are in Dallas. Like, I don't know that like the, the guys in Green Bay are going to be as in bad of a situation as like Dallas or Houston right now or okay. Miami, where it's like it could just but really get crazy. Population and so density I'm just, and all that. Yeah. Right. And so I'm saying for each team, it might be different. Like it might not be a mandate from the league. Like everybody has to have this hotel that they stay at or whatever. But I'm saying for teams where it's like hit them harder because I just think it's I just don't I don't play. I don't think that every single team is going to be like seven guys, eight guys. Got it. Oh, how many you got? Four. This team's got six. Like, I think there's going to be like a team that has like 23 or something. And then there's going to be some, a couple other teams. I mean, you've seen it in college football. These teams that have reported, like some of them don't even have a guy that has tested positive. And then there's other teams that have like 20 some guys that have tested positive. So I don't think it's going to be all the same across the board. So maybe then maybe they say, Hey, okay, well, you know, you know, we didn't have a game this week because we had 30 guys that tested positive. We got to do something to change this. We can't keep this going. And maybe they have them quarantine and stay at like a team hotel or something. I, I mean, Team of hotels. I mean, these guys. You're telling me these guys are gonna leave on away trips and go stay in strange hotels in away cities during COVID, and then what? Get tested the next day, and you might not know the results of that test until later. So you could be playing the game with something that you contracted at the team hotel that morning. You know, like there's so much unknown. Yeah. You're putting yourself in harm's way so much for no reason. I. You know, yeah, with this plan. I mean, yeah. Who knows? I mean, I mean, yeah. I I can't say that I would be. So we've already had it in the NBA though. A couple guys even try to leave the bubble and get caught. <laughs> like, but can can teams have their own snitch line like the NBA has? Because <laughs> everything. Gosh, I hope those, so. I hope so. How great would that be? We need to do um, a, a recurring segment this week on the Cowboys snitch line and. Uh, See what water boy, beyond that thing. <laughs> a water boy sees uh, a water boy sees Connor McGregor sneak out of the hotel. Yeah, uh, like one of your it. one of your players was on Twitch and he said he was low key faded. I just wanted y'all to know. <laughs> Wait, are you guys talking about? You think that someone's gonna like that voice you just did? Like you think that's the snitch line for like the NBA? Because I think the snitch line is probably a lot more like. The way that a Marcus Lawrence feels about like you know having a baby and not getting this like it's I don't think it's going to be like hey, hey, <laughs> it's going to be like hey this idiot keeps walking around without a mask on yeah. how about we stop doing this or I'm going to beat this <laughs> yeah no I'm going to I'm going to beat this guy severely like I don't think it's going to be any like Psst, hey listen here hey so and so isn't wearing a mask it's going to be like hey idiot wear a mask okay yeah. this is it's bigger <laughs> than just you yep 
Um, I think it works. It's that. working in the NBA, though. I think that's surely we I mean, can take early. Oh yeah, I mean, the early indications are that putting everybody in the same place, locking the doors, and you know, and the virus didn't have any way to come in has been has worked so far. Um, surely there's something we can take. You know, all that to wrap this up, and we'll talk Dak here, uh, KT. But you know, like surely there's something we can learn from how they've doing it how other other leagues you know the bundesliga or the premier league or you know leagues that have been able to to, to start up again how they've been doing it surely they're they're listening to all parties and hopefully are learning ways to to keep this thing i, I haven't heard the thing about the proximity devices i think that is brilliant the no, apple watches that, but what if you take it off i mean they've got to have some way of knowing via heartbeat or however that it's you wearing it you know, I some could just kind see of guys thing. being like it's an invasion of privacy. I think to a certain extent, so maybe they. Take, well, I I, there's got to be, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of what they did with the NBA bubble. They said, "Hey, you're going to come play in this bubble if you want to play, and if you don't, stay home." You know, it's at the end of the right. day, they they, they kind of have to do that with the NFL and they have to put their foot down and say, "Hey, if you're going to be here, you have to abide by our rules or face what, a suspension what about or this? whatever." You know, like you, we've seen in baseball, like Ryan Zimmerman is like, I don't even want to risk getting it. So I'm not even playing this year. I could see some NFL players like doing that. What if you get like some star players, like several star players that get it and are like, nah, I'm not coming back this season. Nope. Not doing it. What happens when Drew Brees I had 105 degree fever and I thought I was like, I literally thought I might die. Like you think I'm going to just, oh, four days gone by. I'm back. Like. I think that there's going to be some some of that possible too, where guys are like, nah, I'm good for this season. Let's wait until we have a vaccine or something, and 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 we'll think about this in a, in a year from now. That that's fine, but no one's going to care as long as there is a viewable product on TV. Yep. That's all this is about is having a viewable yep. product on TV. I don't know how true it is. I actually am not sure that I. We'll see how how college handles things. But uh, someone sent me a, a text the other day, and it was pretty interesting. They were talking about the SEC, and they were like, dude, the SEC is going to go through with it. They've got the TV deal with CBS. they got the the 2.30 game, you know, on CBS every Saturday. The SEC is going to play no matter what. They're the most headstrong yeah. conference. And I was like, why? Well, I could see that happening. I don't see the Big 12 or the Big 10 just sitting there and going, okay, well, if the SEC is going to do it, we said we weren't, but the SEC is going to do it. Maybe we're going to jump back in. Like, Big 12's not just going to sit back and, like, let the SEC go make money. Like, they're going to try to do it if, if one conference wants to do it. But that's, that's going to be a fun one to watch, too, is what the SEC – I mean, what the, the college football decides to do. To your point, though, about, like, people are still going to watch, there is one key thing that could make it real ugly, and we saw this with uh, the XFL. Like, the quarterback play, play has to be yeah. at least decent quarterback is the one position it like you can cover up a lot of stuff but man if the quarterback play is awful it'll it'll make it an awful product out there so are there enough quarterbacks that if several quarterbacks either get hurt or have covid that you know are there enough quarterbacks in the league where it's like no it's still decent i mean i you'd think there is it's the nfl but it's it's a tough position that's the one spot i would say that if you start getting guys that aren't going to play or, or or don't want to for one reason that could make the product look pretty ugly but to your point yeah, I mean, there's going to be as if they have a season. There's going to be a, there's going to be teams that make the playoffs, and then there's going to be teams that have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And it really doesn't matter who your quarterback is. If if you're a fan of one of those teams, you're going to be all in. You know. Before we move on, guys, gotta tell our listener out there about Manscaped. 
I know most of our listeners are males. Shout out to the lady listeners, but ladies, I think maybe you even will be a fan of Manscaped. Guys, summer is here. It's time to make sure your summer bod is prepared. The beaches are open, the sun is shining, but bushes are meant to be tamed. That's right. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. We've all got something going on down there. Not everybody around you needs to know what you got going on down there, if you know what I'm saying. Manscapes can help with that. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. If you're going to be at the pool, maybe you're going to be at the beach this summer. Guys, maybe you're single. Maybe you're looking to catch a glimpse. You need to be taken care of. Manscaped is taking care of our listeners. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20. And for a limited time, our subscribers can get not one but two free gifts from Manscaped. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com. Dot com today use the promo code the athletic 20 that's manscaped with an ed hopefully not though manscapes.com promo code the athletic 20 now kt back to you here's quite the conundrum so i opened up my door there and there are two bags of zaxby's chicken that oh. were delivered to my house that i totally did not order oh so we've got a situation where a third-party delivery company has dropped off food at <laughs> the it. wrong apartment, and yeah. I have not had dinner yet. Zaxby's, but here's that's what I was saying with with uh, with sabotaging. Man, you don't want to go there. Are you think someone's going to sabotage him with COVID nineteen? Yeah, you, you think you're sabotage worthy, KT? Eat I'm it. not, and no one knows where I live. Uh, but so, what'd you say? If I take it, I am risking COVID. <laughs> and karma would tell you no. What are you going to do, though? Yeah. Throw it away? I mean, yeah. Yeah. And what, was, what was my original dinner plan? <laughs> <laughs> what Zaxby's was, anyway? So I'm going to give it about 30 minutes and then we'll <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, but chicken wouldn't be good 30 minutes. So if I'm going to do it, I need to make my decision now on the air. Should KT Interesting. eat the chicken? John, would this, if this was you. Oh, 100% no. No. Should I put this on Twitter? <laughs> who sabotages chicken, though? Right, KT? Like, who's going to... What it's are the odds like, that the chicken guy It's also like 10 bucks COVID. or something. Like, yeah. I'd just rather just spend the money and get my own chicken. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I should look at the receipt, though, because it could have a name on it, right? Look at the receipt. It might have an apartment. Uh, I don't know if I'm eating it if there's not a global pandemic. So let's just get that out of there. Like, I just still, it just seems real random. Zaxby's? All right, KT, go go look at the receipt. Curious? Okay. Let us know. Here we go. Bring it over here. Let's see what you got. All right, KT is now walking to the door. He's going to look at the receipt. Let's hope that the Zaxby's order guy didn't put KT's unit number, because then he's up a creek. He's not going to know where it came from. There's no way he knows his, his neighbor's names. Yeah, I don't know my uh, neighbor's names. Would you eat it? Ah, uh, yeah, I'd probably eat it. Because, like I said, who's sabotaging chicken? And the odds that the chicken guy 
somebody that works for a, someone that works for a rival podcast. Yeah. <laughs> somebody that works at the number one uh, sports talk rock station might have. There you go. Put it there to keep you away. No name on the receipt. No address. Uh, but you know how they put uh, you know they they put a sticker on the bag with the receipt. It yeah. says tamper tamper evident. What does that mean? They put tamper a sticker evident? on the receipt or on the on the food? yeah like you know how you like you put a sticker on there to like put tie the receipt to the bag yeah like put the receipt in the it bag. It said tamper evident on the sticker. Yes, tamper find out. Does that mean something in the food industry? Tamper evident tape. Uh. I don't know. What I don't it would understand what is food. happening. I thought you meant like the box of food was sealed with a tamper. Yeah, that's what I thought seal. you meant too. Like, like it was okay, like a, a means... sticker that showed that nobody's tampered with it. Yeah. That means oh yeah. Nobody apparently put a that's COVID just a... in there after the fact. Yeah. Appar- apparently that's just a good uh, responsible uh, type of tape. So okay. There you go. Well, I don't know, guys. Let's do a DAC real quick and get out of here, and I'll figure What's out what's in to there do with though. This chicken. What's in there? It's kind of a lot of stuff, dude. It's probably some, like a lot of chicken fingers, some sides, maybe. Yeah, there's some sides. There's some uh, some cheddar bites. Oh, uh, which man. I mean, if you don't like a good cheddar bite, you, you know who's going to be disappointed is the guy. <laughs> You're that eating that back. for sure. No, I'm yeah. not. We don't need to talk about it anymore. You're eating it. I mean, it, what if it's good? This sounds like the work of Ben and Skin. Now they don't know where I live either. Really? Uh, no. You guys didn't have to fill DoorDash, out any forms the or DoorDash something. DoorDash people, they don't. They don't. Uh, They'll just leave food at your door. They gotta like call well, I, you or or text you and a, say, "Come out and get it. I, Give me the money or something." I I live in an apartment complex where every apartment looks the same. But uh, so this happened probably a couple months ago. There was like five Amazon boxes delivered to my door, <laughs> and it's a whole. The name's on there, so I called my apartment complex. I was like, "Who is you know whatever the name was of the person?" It's like, "Who is this?" Because the uh, they have like five boxes of stuff, and uh, it was like raining. I was like, "Do I need to pull this inside?" But it's not mine, and I don't want to get COVID either. So let's just—I just, just kind of left it out there. It get rained on a little bit, but yeah, you know. Hey, that's the dangers of getting out of the brick and mortar. I've, I've been trying to say it. This is why you're seeing people like the Dallas Morning News unionize. Like, hey, we're getting away from some of these old school traditions. It's going to cost uh, us. Transition, KT. Dak. Dak used so, to live in an apartment in Frisco. Like right when he got drafted, he got a townhouse kind of around where I used to live in, in Frisco by the facility, like kind of, you know, downtown Frisco where the FC Dallas stadium is kind of around there. And so obviously he's a fourth round pick. He gets drafted. He probably, you know, a week or two after getting drafted, drives through Frisco and is like, I need to find a, an apartment or a townhouse or whatever. So he gets this pretty decent-sized townhouse, right? Nothing nothing like if you're an NFL player, you would expect an NFL player to live in. Just normal, total normal. So by August, he's the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, and he's still living in this lease of this uh, townhouse in the middle of downtown Frisco with, with all this walking traffic. And... He is getting like random stuff delivered to him all the time. Pizzas. People, I never would have left there. Pizza guys know that he lives there and like bring their coworkers and stuff. And no, he lived there the entire time until the lease was up. And then he got a, and obviously has a nice house now. The, uh, the one he just moved to and had the dog incident uh, take place. Oh, I don't, at, but, uh, I don't know really almost anybody on the team 
that's been on the team for more than a year that doesn't live in one of the, like the gated communities around yeah. the practice yeah. facility. You know, like I mean, even like players that you wouldn't even think lived in gated community communities do. So, uh, so Dak when he was going me. through that 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 miraculous rookie season in 2016 was living in this totally nondescript apartment in in downtown frisco which is awesome to think about, i am so i am hilarious. so superstitious that if that was me i never would have moved like if i had that yeah. season i was a fourth round pick and i did that and was offensive rookie of the year you know won 13 games whatever uh you know take take over the starting job i'm so superstitious i'm just staying there and i'll just deal with it <laughs> dude the um amount of money he had made after that season though he probably was looking at what he was paying for that and was like how much can i afford what okay i'm yeah. definitely getting a giant house in my own uh mansion or well he can get he... something nicer now exactly <laughs> yeah, exactly that, that transition to dak uh you know kt didn't get the deal but still gonna make what 30 million dollars this year something like that uh, playing football and t- 50 times more than he's ever made playing football so yeah good. 31 million i think he'll he'll be fine yeah, yeah. john how how close on a scale of one to ten, how close do you think? There were some whispers and reports that, yeah, they might have tried to get together and make a deadline deal. How close do you really think that actually got to getting done on a scale of one to ten? Uh, two. Ten, ten being getting the deal done. Okay, two. Yeah, two. Yeah, I don't think that that was anything more than just a courtesy type call thing that where it looks better because it looks like both sides were at least had communication and that you know that maybe they just agreed. Hey, both sides. We'd love to have this done, but let's go and we'll we'll go we'll go into the season like this and and you know I played under this one year deal before last year uh, final year of my rookie deal I can do I can do one year again we'll circle this back at the end of the year that's fine but like there was not going to be any final push to sign your franchise quarterback to a four or five year deal in the, like the final hour or so um, so I just really didn't get the feeling that it, it ever got close um, and I can see why people would be disappointed by that because. On one hand, you have Dak Prescott, who uh, he wants to be paid like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I know there's people that think he should take a little bit less so that they have other areas that they can address with the additional salary cap space. But I can see where he's coming from as well, because, you know, he deserves to be paid like one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. And that's the way the quarterback market is. On the flip side of it is, though, is then there's people that think that the Cowboys should just give in and give him whatever he wants. And you really can't do that either. So I kind of can see both sides of it. I will say though, if I if I if someone came to me and was like, "Well, what position would you rather be in?" No question, I'd rather be in Dak's position because Dak's worst case scenario, as far as I'm concerned, is that he gets the big payday. He ends up being one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, makes a ton of money, but he might have to do it for the Jaguars or the Lions. Whereas the Cowboys' worst case scenario is all those years between Troy Aikman and Tony Romo, where you know, they tried to get a quarterback and it never was close to being the franchise guy that you can build around. And if you don't have that guy in the NFL, you know, you might be a, be a, okay. You might be well, win eight or nine games, maybe occasionally win like 10 or 11, but you're going to have some bad years in there too, but you're probably never winning a Super Bowl. So to get another guy like Dak, like there's no guarantee you're going to do that. They admit that they were lucky. They wanted Paxton Lynch. They wanted Connor Cook. They fell into Dak in the bottom of the fourth round. There's no guarantee that you're going to get another guy like that. So if I had to pick, I'd much rather be in Dak's scenario. But him playing hardball like this, he has to even know in the back of his head, this could mean that although I'd love to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback for the rest of my career, I might get the money I want, but it might be from another team. And he certainly seems like he's willing to play hardball 
at least, well, his agent does as well, um, to get that big deal. So, uh, you know, I can see where both sides are coming from. Don't get me wrong, but I'd much rather be Dak Prescott than the Dallas Cowboys right now. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And I guess another thing that I would say is like, I don't know if I agree with the idea that this has to go down the path that Kirk Cousins did. Um, like, oh, okay, well, the, but I do think Dak is in a position now, and I'm sure his his agency's talked to him about it. I mean, you, there was a report that kind of came out about the NFL salary cap and how it could be going down by as much as seventy million dollars. I don't believe that yet. We'll see how the league go, how the year goes. I don't believe it's going down that far next year. But man, Dak playing for something like thirty-seven or thirty-eight million next year on the tag on the tag. I bet that feels pretty good to him, just in terms of you guys didn't pay me. I'll go ahead and do this, and it creates quite a bit of a market for him as well. If he wanted to do that, and that's the long-term thing, and it sucks that we're gonna have to talk about this for another year, but uh, but that's kind of where we're at. So I don't believe like it has to be some like Kirk Cousins type thing where it goes and he has to go to another team, but it really does make you kind of go, how bad did Jerry and Steven mess this up? How bad did the relationship get with Todd France? How how bad did this get? Because yeah, it's important to mention Todd France too because. You know, it's very clear that he, you know, he doesn't take deals. He's not trying to do some team-friendly hometown discount because Dak Prescott wants to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. He's trying to get him paid, pretty much, to make him the next highest quarterback behind everybody but Patrick Mahomes. And so, uh, to get that done, the Cowboys might not be willing to invest up to that point. They're willing to make him their franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future, you know, and and, and be comparable. But I don't know if they want to make him the second highest-paid quarterback right now. And if he has a really good year and he stays healthy, it's going to happen. He's, I mean, because if they're not going to give it to him, somebody else will. But that's the key factor too, though. He has to play well and he has to stay healthy. If he doesn't, I'm not saying that he take he's going to take a lot less if he has a bad year or anything. But it certainly it will drive down the value to a certain extent from, you know, the idea of like if he has a really bad year, like okay, we'll give him the franchise tag, but we want to see another year from him. And so if that happens, that you know that's a possibility. I will say this, even if he has a bad year, I still think Dak on a bad year is better than the idea of like going into next year's draft, having to take a quarterback in one of the first two rounds. I mean, again, like they love Paxton Lynch. They really liked Connor Cook. Like they like Charles Tapper more than they like Dak Prescott. Like there's, this is not an exact science. So to think that, oh, oh, we just got to replace our quarterback. That's fine. You just use your first round pick and just move on. (laughs) It doesn't really work like that. You know, like, you kind of got to get lucky to a certain extent. And so it's a big gamble, and uh, now they have to take it. And just because Dak doesn't have a chance to negotiate until the season's over doesn't mean we're not going to be talking about this all throughout the season. Like, literally how he plays every single week, this is going to be brought up again. Whether he plays good, whether he plays bad, it's going to be, well, maybe he doesn't deserve that money. Or it's going to be, man, he just drove up his price even higher. Like, they're not going to be able to afford him. You know, So this isn't going away from our jobs, that's for sure. Man, I still... So my mind is telling me no on the Zaxby's chicken, but my body is sitting there going, dude, you have it eat. Okay, should I go check and see if it's still there? I think you have to bring some of this over here and show us what, what type of sides and everything you have. Like, I'll, I'll pull off the receipt. Hold on. You have to yes, eat it that, yes. at that point because yes. you can't give it to somebody after you've opened it all up and contaminated it and not only, hey, it. Not only is he going to eat this. But this is like sounds like this is some family meal that he's going to have for the next three oh, or four yeah. days. No, there's like somebody in, somebody's in their living room right now waiting and be like, "Gosh, I'm about to eat these cheese yeah. bites, and they're going to be so good." 
We've got some breaking news. Uh oh. Somebody got the chicken it. Is, the chicken is gone. Oh, somebody somebody found somebody called and was like, yo, where's my food? And he's like, I dropped it off at your place. And they're like, that wasn't my place. And he's like, no. And the guy ran straight to your place to get Damn the it. Zaxby's. Oh, you missed your shot, KT. That is. <sighs> yeah, you missed your shot, but you also might stay alive because you didn't eat it. <laughs> yeah, right. One, uh, uh, <laughs> but but now I'll never know, and now tomorrow I'll be ordering some Zaxby's because you you gotta know. Has gosh. has anyone had Zaxby's nope. here? Can anyone help me out? No, and I'm Zaxby's probably gonna get it as soon good. as we get done with it. I mean, good. that's great yeah. advertisement. Yeah, right. That was some great great audio drama there. This KT. was all planned. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> this is not planned. I can, this is I just a plug for Zaxby's. That's a plug for DoorDash. <laughs> it, could, it could have been any. It could have been any restaurant. You pick Zaxby's because you got to deal with them. Zaxby's, dude. <laughs> That's a random have... uh, place to order from, by the way. Gosh, what so, we you know what I'm really craving Zaxby's right now? Over. Some Zaxby's. Yeah, I'm but sure. it's not sure. about that. It's about whoever's willing to like advertise through you. You'll take whatever. I mean, it's That's just true. like if they if they called called me up and were like, "Yeah, this is Steve's Steve's oil change place." Like, will you do a deal where you tweet about me three times a week and then post something on Instagram about you getting your oil change in your car or something <laughs> like that? Like, I, I really don't want to, but I mean. The price is right. You yeah, gotta consider it, right? <laughs> I mean, isn't that what those all all the Instagram models do? Yeah, no, no. That's, I mean, and, and a lot of them don't have. Will never have to work a real job because of it. They've mm-hmm. uh, they've cornered the market. Uh, so I, I, uh, are we good? I mean, I'm kind of now. I'm kind of sad. I was kind of uh, like, I'm well, sad one, for you. One thing I wanted to bring up about about Dak <laughs> before we, uh, you know, we'll close out the segment with this, but is the Tad Prescott tweet. I'm sure you guys saw this. Oh, boy. There is a reason. This was uh, July 15th. This was 3.10 p.m. This was 10 minutes after the deadline passed. There's a reason I was never a Cowboys fan growing up before they drafted Dak after today. Who knows how much longer I'll be cheering for him, for them. I think that's pretty telling. All something like that'll do though is just it just and, and, and it happened with this. It just it makes the fans mad because while Cowboys fans, you know, they like they're gonna get Dak Prescott's back because he's their quarterback, but as soon as he goes to another team, if he was to go to another team, like then they're against him. You know, it's very it's very difficult for a fan base to just rally behind a guy that isn't on their team anymore. And so yeah. the thought of him not being on their team, like I already saw like fans responding to him about like they were mad about him even saying that. But again, like to a lot of people, like these guys aren't like real human beings, like with real families that have real yeah. feelings like, like this. Like and Jerry that, Seinfeld says, you're just cheering for laundry at the end of the day. The guy with yeah, your, no, your shirt on. Yeah, he does say that a lot. You know? which, and, which is funny because he's a diehard Mets fan, so he obviously loves yeah. sports. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting, and I knew that that wasn't going away as soon as he tweeted that. I knew that even if he deleted it, there were going to be so many screen grabs of it. Uh, because people are fascinated by that type of a drama and that. And it is interesting. I mean, he's a family member. It, it, it kind of gives you a little bit of a window in because, like, Jack, yep. as you know, has said the right things after that, you know, he's happy to be with the Cowboys and, you know, he, he wants to make do everything possible to win a Super Bowl and stuff. He's not going to sit there and tweet out, like, man, this is just this is an awful day for me. I mean, I guess he could. I mean, other players have done it in the past. That's just not his personality. So uh, it was kind of interesting to see uh, Tad post that on there. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, Dak, I mean, they're Dak close. Also- they're super close. So. Like the day Dak signed the tender, though, I mean, he posted a picture of himself right. in a cowboy hat on Instagram. So I got, but I will say one of my favorite things about sports social media is the brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, and wives 
of athletes going online. I mean, the Cole Beasley's wife uh, getting after fans was so great. Like, I love when the family gets real defensive over the over well, family. Hold on and, here. Hold and on. I, hold and, on, hold I, on. I, and I also understand it, but like, I was I just going to say, it's awesome. Okay, the three people on this podcast right now, if any of us had a family member that played in sports, we're all active enough on social media. I don't see any of us not saying something. If our, if one of our, like, I don't even care if it's your brother. If it was, if your cousin was Aaron Rodgers, and right after they drafted Jordan Love, like you're telling me that you wouldn't fire off a tweet or something like that. Like you might delete it, but I could see you being pretty fired <laughs> up about it. Like, depends how much you, how how secure you are with the situation. Because if you do have the baseline understanding that it could be bad for that person, well, like Cole Beasley's wife's a little different because Cole Beasley would go tweet out some crazy stuff too. Like, yeah, this story blew up. I mean, it was reported on by a lot of people. He tagged Dak in it. Dak knew he tweeted this. Didn't didn't have him delete it. Um, you're right, John. This is kind of a if you don't think family is important to Dak, I mean that's. I guarantee you he was maybe with Tad as this was happening, you know? Or, oh, he's super close to him, too. I mean, this isn't like... with him as as the deadline passed, you know? I'm sure like, it was in the moments, like, this is how we feel sure. at 3, 10 p.m. I just, after the thing. I just mentioned Aaron Rodgers, so I'm not trying to take a shot at him, but, like, if it was someone from Aaron Rodgers' family that said it, it'd be a little bit different, because we don't know if Jordan he Rogers talks to them. But, goes on The Bachelor, and he's like... Well, I'm telling you, Tad, Tad and Dak are very, very close. This isn't, like, some third cousin who just right. happens to like he just kind of started coming around because Dak got real good at football like no they're super tight so no yeah. it's 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 interesting you know for sure like I was pretty fascinated by it well Dak, Dak has the right to be to be frustrated and too. you know sure. KT like the, the fact that he had the the uh cowboy hat on to me feels like okay Dallas Cowboys, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll do exactly what you want me to do, which is sign this franchise tag so you don't have to be freaking out that I haven't signed the tag and I'm going to be a free agent or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, you know. To me, that was a negotiating I've, tactic in his in his favor that the Cowboys would see that. Be like, okay, well, you know, he's going to respect us. We should respect him with a long-term deal. Um, and you know, I, I can't help but think that somebody That might have been what here. that call was about. Yeah. Yeah, you no, know, he I, might have, that might have been talking about that, not, as opposed to like numbers and things like that. That could have been some of the stuff that was discussed. Yep, I didn't think about it that way, and I think that's a pretty good point. But I guess I mean, here's what we have here. What we have here is that we're going to be talking about this thing for a long time now. I was hoping it'd be done. So I'm so tired of this topic. If he's not going to sign oh, with the Cowboys, oh no, it's just getting revved like, up, buddy. I. I you know, to me, unless he he has to take the biggest deal that's given to him next year, and you know, if he has a decent season, the Bears or somebody is going to lock him up for four, for uh, four years, which is what he you know what he wanted. To me, unless you're taking a hometown discount, which is probably the okay, Rangers talking about season, right now. Like, why how, don't how you good sign of a, it now if you want to be a how cowboy? Good a, how good of a season does he have? Give me a scenario. Uh, let's say he has the exact same season as last year. I think yeah. he's a thirty. I think he's a thirty and ten guy. Yeah, um, I think he's 30, 30 touchdowns, ten interceptions. I think he'll throw in between four thousand, five thousand yards. And what yeah. are they counting on Ben DiNucci? I mean, dude, right. they're gonna they're gonna give him the thirty seven million dollar franchise tag again. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about getting a, like extending it to, to no doubt giving him the dollar amount he wants. And so I was thinking like if they go to like the NFC Championship game, then they're just they're, they'll be like, fine, let's do it. Like, yeah. And I know that the asking price will go up too, but I, they'll be willing to come no, up. No, I, I think if I'm, I'm I'm talking if they have one playoff appearance, maybe win one game, um, something like that. Like, oh, is the there's only a, there's thing a good that's chance he get, plays under the tag again. Yeah, well, is the only thing that's going to get uh, the Cowboys to say, okay, here's 40-plus 40, 40 million dollars a year, is another team, pos- potentially a rival team, maybe saying, here's $40 million, and the Cowboys be like, all right, shoot, that's it. I guess we have to do yeah, it. Yeah, but he doesn't point, have to come back you know? and give them, like, I understand that it worked oh, out I with understand. Amari Cooper in Washington, yeah. but, like, if you're the Cowboys, you don't even leave that up to chance. Like, yeah. I've heard people yeah. mention that before, like, oh, just let him go on the open market and see what he can get and then cu- have him come back. What if he doesn't come back? Like, you hear yeah. the backstories exactly. of the way these guys are once they get a guy in the building. They'll be like, we'll give you this right now, but you have to sign it right now. And if you leave right now, you don't get this amount. And and if that's what a team's offering them, Daxon will be like, the Cowboys had the last three years or two years, whatever, to do this. Like, I don't need to go back to them. I don't, I don't know. They don't have any loyalty to me. Why do I have to have loyalty to them? Like, he might, but they, hope, that doesn't I guarantee anything. He has a great season and just goes, it honestly goes somewhere else and balls out. That's what I want to happen. Uh, not not I, for why Cowboys do you want fans. That to but why do you for, want that for Dak's sake, because I want Dak to be proven right. Like, yes, I'm, I'm a great player. You should have paid me. Uh, what I wanted when you had the chance. And now since you didn't, I'm going to go to somebody who will pay me more and respect me more and has just as good a chance of competing for a no. Super Bowl as, as this team does. You know? That does not help this podcast. This podcast, no. <laughs> he has a good year. They need him to stay here That's and continue true. rolling. That's true. I'll tell you this. I, pro- I probably shouldn't say this, but just to give you guys a little bit behind the scenes type thing uh, of everyone that covers the team, and you guys know this, so it's not new to you, but like from our perspective – we want them to sign Dak because he's super easy to deal with. Like for being in the position that he's in, he could be a way big, like diva. He's not like that at all. Like, and I get that sense from the players too. Like, and, and that that's yeah. why he's such a leader too. Like he's a very likable guy. Like this isn't like, and again, I, I hate to keep going back to this, but like, like an Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know this to be the case, but like if someone was like, yeah, no, the, Green Bay media is like really soured on him. He's like kind of arrogant and he doesn't really like give them any time of day. And that's really not the case at all. But I'm just saying, using an example, it is funny to see like the, the way people act about that. Like, I don't know anybody that covers the Cowboys or is around the Cowboys for like, even if you don't cover it, let's say you work in the star that doesn't not want him back. Like everyone's Wait. like, yeah, let's keep rolling with this guy because it, you know, he helps make everyone's job easier, you know? Well, you know, Rogers is different, too, in that media market. There's, It's a little more intimate of a media market there. But the example is Romo. No one thinks yeah. Romo's a bad guy or anything, but let's not act like Romo was easy to deal with or easy to talk yeah. to. Yeah. Like, it, it got to a point late in his career where you really couldn't approach him. He did his day that he talked to the media, and that's about it. Like, yeah. he, It's like you were getting a lot of Romo time. There's your well, example, you know? Well, and then the other thing is, too, is that, like, you know— not only is is Dak a good dude, but then it's also the fact of like, I I I wasn't around at this time, but like I know like the people that covered the Cowboys when it was five eleven, five eleven, five eleven, and you're trying to find like a quarterback that at least keeps them competitive. That's no fun either, you know. And not that anybody listening should care what we think about our jobs or whatever, but I'm just saying like you're going to hear a lot of media talking about Dak and stuff like that. Like, good luck finding someone that's like move on from this guy man, this guy sucks. Like they can do way better than that. Like you're not going to find that. Like he just, yeah. And, and, and again, it's not just us. Like 
I've not gotten heard anything about any player on the team not loving the dude. Like, so that's the other thing that's interesting about this is it makes me wonder like how the team views the Cowboys of not giving him that deal because they yes. view him. Like I seen Kayvon yes. Frazier put out a tweet like, you know, getting his back and be like, dude, like you don't want to let this guy go. Like, th- like what he does is like special type thing. You know that I'm paraphrasing, but a lot of guys on the on the team feel that way too. Like they have his back. This isn't one of those things where like the guys are like. Man, he's being greedy. Like, let him go. Like, the team really wants Dak here, too. So there's yeah. a lot of things working in his favor, for sure. Well, that's going to wrap up uh, this edition of About Them Cowboys. Please, if you would, you know, subscribe to The Athletic. You can actually use our code, theathletic.com slash Cowboys for a little bit of a discount. Also, um, go uh, to Apple, you know, subscribe. Leave a review, if you would. Say kind words, please. We always like that. Uh, and also, please answer how you would have answered that chicken debate. Should I have taken the chicken <laughs> while it was at my doorstep? I would like to know. So if you'd leave that review on Apple as well. And uh, please follow us online, social media. Uh, we are all uh, on uh, Twitter. I think it's where we, where we primarily hang out, at Kent Garrison, at John Machota, M-A-C-H-O-T-A. And I and John is J-O-N, at J-O-N-M-A-C-H-O-T-A, John Machota. I'm at KT Fun Tweets. I'm at KT Fun Tweets on Instagram. Do you guys mess around on Instagram? I don't know if I see you guys much on Instagram. Eh, not really. I do during the season. Like, I like to post because we get limited access, so I try and put up a few pictures after every practice. So during the season and from games and stuff, I'm on Instagram, but in the offseason, not really. Also, you know, just stay tuned to The Athletic for everything because all the sports are happening. Uh, Levi Weaver, to me, one of the, the best baseball writers in the entire world. Rangers get fired up uh, uh, this Friday if you're a Rangers fan. Mavericks are in the bubble. You have good coverage from those guys. Uh, stars will get going. You know Sean Shapiro will have it on lock. So, you know, keep following The Athletic and uh, checking out all the great content these guys are going to be pumping out as we get a little bit closer to Cowboys COVID camp. Uh, and that's coming up. So, for producer Kit Garrison, for father John Mashoda. And for me, the man who passed up free chicken on his front doorstep, I'm Kevin Turner. And this has been another episode of About Them Cowboys.